Handle on the News. Handle on the News! Because all you people want is more, 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 more! Leave! Bill Handle. Alone! And now, here's Bill Handle. All right. Uh, KFI Handle here. And good morning. It's Friday. And everybody loves Friday because it's the end of the work week, except for me and others where the end of the work week is not Friday. Does that help? Okay, there you go. Uh, Wayne, you are uh, trying to uh, re-screw on the microphone. These things have a habit of falling right off. Uh, yeah, because we get the used ones. After they've worn out, been worn out upstairs uh, in uh, the KISS studio, of which uh, Ryan Seacrest isn't even in there. Uh, it's uh, they fall off and they, they fall off from old age, and they then, do. then we get them. There you go. You may want another. You may want another one. Did it fall? Yeah, he was screwed it the wrong you, way, listen, so it all came. People apart. may think you know KFI is a big radio station. Let's be honest. KFI makes a lot of revenue, so people may think that we get the best uh, equipment and everything. But in fact, yeah. the microphones are being held on by plastic threads. Right. Also, uh, the headset. Now, does everybody have their own headset? Yeah. yeah. And you know why? I mean, we all bought them. Yeah, they'll give you headsets here. You're aware of that, aren't you? Yes. Oh, yes. Chris Little actually gave me a really nice set, but they're giant. I feel like I'm in, yeah. you know, 1940s radio yeah. or something. I uh, grabbed an equivalent headset over at uh, Best Buy uh, to use when I'm working out. Nine bucks. These were I wait. Think, you like, didn't get them at Costco. No, they didn't have them at Costco. Cyber Monday specials. Uh, yeah, Crozier right. and I all bought them. I know, crazy. All right. Good morning, everybody. Oh, there, I have an Instagram, by the way, and uh, of me working out. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm now doing that. It was just oh god. Are you? Uh, I, I think you're. Are you cursing in it? Yeah. Okay. I thought th- I thought you were saying a bad word, but you're so you're expelling so much breath. Oh yeah, it was horrible. That I wasn't a hundred percent sure. It's horrible. Three times a week I do that, and I. Uh, so yesterday I was on a new machine that NAS put me through. Uh, it was literally, she was within 20 seconds of calling the paramedics. Is that what's in the video? No. Oh, no. Not even oh. close. All right. Uh, good morning, Jennifer. Hi, Handel. Wayne Resnick, good morning. Good morning. And uh, there is uh, Alex trying to do something with the microphone. That's not going to help. And John Ramirez. Morning. I okay. Had to, I had to buy my headset. Uh, you didn't have to buy it. They'll issue you one. $8, oh. but they'll give you one. Now all of us Wait, have. They're not giving you one if it's eight dollars. They're selling you one. No, no, they're yeah, they're not selling it to you for eight dollars. They cost eight dollars. Oh, it's an eight dollar headset. Right. In the meantime, that's the only thing we do in radios by our own headsets. I have been using the same headset or the same model now for well ever since I started broadcasting. So I have the last three that are left uh, on eBay. Uh, some of them are nine hundred a thousand dollars because they've been out of production for fifteen years. Really? Yeah, Sennheiser's four fifties. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't get them, so I have uh, th- I have three of them, and that's it. Can't find them anyplace else. And where are they kept? Uh, they're kept uh, the safest place that they are is next to the Costco frozen salami in my freezer, much like where you keep marijuana. Okay, guys, uh, are we ready to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you had a fun fact. I have a fun fact coming up when we get to one of these. Stories. Got it. It's, it. it's germane to one of the stories that's coming up in uh, Got it. the news. All right, let's do it. Lead story. A uh, mass shooting in Australia, but it turns out it looks like a murder-suicide. Seven dead. Four kids. Gunshot wound uh, at a rural property in Western Australia. 
Uh, this is the worst, quote, mass shooting in more than 20 years. Now, in 1996, uh, 35 people were killed. I mean, that was not a suicide murder. So uh, even though the numbers are horrible here, in terms of big story affecting us, it's not a terrorist attack. It's not someone going crazy in a mall. It's not some uh, disgruntled worker at the post office, although they don't do it at the post office anymore. There's no longer the verb you're going postal. You're going UPS. You're UPSing. Well, we hope not. Or mauling. That's more like it. Yeah. Okay. This one, what makes this one so sad is that this was at the home of uh, Cinda and Peter Miles. But apparently people who know the family say that the kids who were there were all homeschooled and that they were all uh, autistic. Oh, God. Mm. Just sad. Oh. Also, uh, the um, uh, the killer, uh, the accused serial killer, Joseph uh, D'Angelo, charged with four more killings yesterday. This is in Santa Barbara County. And the DAs are all going to get together today because a few they've got to go over a few things. So you've got four different counties yeah. where this guy's accused of, you know, all these different murders. But what do you do? Do you try him in? Let me yep. ask you this. Do you try him in each individual usually county? Usually not. Usually they, usually they, they go they together. Try, usually they try him in the county that has the strongest case and has the best chance of winning with maybe the, the, the largest number of victims. Because it costs money. I mean, it's... A trial like this is millions of dollars to try, although the evidence is much the same. And I'm sure the DAs would share evidence with each other. But uh, not too often do you go from county to county to county to be tried. Yeah. Well, I, Gary and Shannon were really into this yesterday. It was fascinating. And they're looking at the Golden State Killer. I mean, some people think, could this guy be the Zodiac Killer? Well, that could be a possibility, I guess. But then they also think this guy might be linked to uh, Rancho Cordova cat burglar attacks. Which creeps me out because I lived in Rancho Cordova for like three years when I worked in Sacramento. This guy's just right up the road. Were you, uh, was there a, were there burglaries that weren't being solved while you were there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, on this level, rapes and burglaries. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because there was a, um, in Rancho Cordova, there's a large Russian community and so what we were told by police officers in our area is they believed that it had something to do with, like, some crime with the Russians. So this never even came up. But um, anyway, so they say that they would, you know, he would go in oh, through the kitchen sliding glass door or something like that while people were asleep. But this was in 1972 and 1973. And this cat burglar hit more than 30 times. And now they are increasingly being convinced, investigators mm. are, that it was Joe D'Angelo. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back. And do plenty more of Handle on the News and your chance to win. All right, KFI Handle here. Uh, A busy morning, as always. It's a Friday. Uh, Big stories that we're covering. Uh, The Golden State Killer, D'Angelo. Four more charges. Israel, Iran, that's going on. I love it. Iran is saying uh, they didn't attack Israel at all. Not at all. Israel just sent up interceptor missiles just for fun. You know, that's it. You know, flew their uh, fighters uh, over Syria and attacked all these installations just because they had nothing else to do. Pilots woke up one morning and said, hey, let's just start attacking stuff today. All right. And here's your chance to win some money. Your shot at $1,000 now. 
text the keyword bank to 200 200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200 200. The winner is notified with a phone call. If you don't answer that call, they'll move on to the next person. If you don't win this hour, there's another chance to win next hour and every hour Monday through Friday starting at 5 o'clock with Wake Up Call all the way through 7 o'clock with Conway. All right, back we go. More handle on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And the summit is set. We got a Yep. President Donald Trump will meet with Kim Jong-un on June 12th in Singapore. Are you upset about the date they chose? Ah, Marjorie told me last night uh, that listening to Gary and Shannon, they kept on calling it Bill Handel Day. Oh, it is. It's uh, Bill Handel Day in Hollywood. It's the anniversary of get you getting your star on I the got Walk my, of Fame. My, that's when I got June twelfth, two thousand nine. Wow, yeah, it is. So Singapore, for a bunch of good reasons, was chosen. The one thing you are not going to see is uh, Kim Jong Un and uh, President Trump slinging insults at each other. Oh no, there's not going to be any little rocket man. Singapore slings. Oh, I didn't get it. Wow, that that actually Sorry. hurt. Yes. That one hurt me. <laughs> well, Handel, you've got to be upset because you always like to decide who's going to get, you know, the biggest headline or whatever. And if there was world peace on that day, it might Trump Handel Day. It Literally. That's true. I know. It's <gasps> uh, Trump Handel it will, Day. No, the, wow. no nah. it's not going to Trump Handel Day because, oh. first of all, uh, signing a treaty, world peace, that's literally going to avert World War III is not as important as me sitting and getting that star. Uh, and it will be the day that uh, a signature takes place. That's going to be That's the gonna big be day. That's going to be the day. Yeah. That's true. All right. Well, Vice President Pence has a special message to Special Counsel Robert Mueller. Hey, uh, could you land the plane on this Russian thing? Robert Mueller. Yeah, it's time to wrap it up. Now, How does he know it's time to wrap it up? I though? think it's more of, I don't think he's ordered it. I don't think he said, uh, I don't think he pushed it. I think he just basically said, come on, it's time to wrap it up. It's been going on for a year. And, uh, that's, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, that's all in uh, in delivery, how that works. For me to deliver and say, hey, guys, it's time to wrap it up versus you have to wrap it up. This has to be wrapped up. It's time to wrap it up. See, it's different. So I don't know which way he was going because I didn't actually hear it. Well, he said, I would very respectfully encourage the special counsel and his team to bring their work to completion. Okay. And he's not allowed to have an opinion? Yeah. Oh, he can have an opinion, but he's ignorant. Well, he doesn't know how criminal investors. And I'm not, look, I'm not pro, I'm not like Team Mueller or Team Trump. But he's ignorant of how long mm. criminal investigations right. can take. Yeah. They can take years. years. Yeah. Watergate took two years. Uh, Even ordinary, like, fraud cases can take three, four, five years. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> so Rudy Giuliani has been running around saying, of course, Michael Cohen paid Stormy Daniels. That's what lawyers do sometimes. They make secret payments that their clients don't know about. The law firm that he used to work for said, no, that's not something that anyone should or would be doing. And uh, I guess Giuliani just announced he's resigning from that law firm. Well, Giuliani's gone off the rails. I mean, he is. I mean, look at what you how off you can be and how crazy you can be 
where even the president has said, okay, so he got his facts wrong, but he'll get them right. He, only, start, he only started yesterday when he started two weeks before. And it's when Trump likes you, there is nothing you can do wrong. And when Trump doesn't like you, there's nothing you can do right. And it is um, Homeland Security, uh, Christian, uh, whatever her last name, Christian Nielsen. Nielsen. Uh, he's, she's really pissed off Trump. And I mean, screaming pissed off. And so they're dealing with that. Jeff Sessions, who uh, was, takes the ire. I'm, do you think that uh, Donald Trump screamed at Giuliani when Giuliani just made an ass out of himself and made the president look like an ass? No. Is Giuliani now only going to yes. be able to get work as Donald Trump's attorney? Because, I mean, his, the law firm, it's clear they pushed him out. He still has such a name, though. You think? Yeah. After this? Yeah, he has such a name. Interesting. He's so well-connected. There are people that would just go with him just for his name. Here, go to lunch with Rudy Giuliani. All right. We'll break, and we will come back and do yet more Handle on the News. KFI Handle here on a Friday, May 11th. Some of the big stories that we are covering, and there are some big ones. Uh, Golden State Killer, uh, alleged, I, I'm going to just say he is. Let him sue me. Uh, I don't care. Uh, Golden State Killer Joseph D'Angelo is uh, just been uh, charged with four more first-degree uh, first uh, murder counts. And uh, the Israel-Irani, uh, Iranian issue, it's calming down a little bit. I don't see war happening where yesterday I thought there's going to be a lot more conflict. All right. Also, uh, please uh, help the American Red Cross Initiative to get prepared California. $400 donation. You and a guest can enjoy cocktails and appetizers with all the KFI hosts and crew and unlimited sky slide rides during an exclusive evening at the beautiful OUE Skyscape in downtown in L.A. You have to be 21 years or older. 100% of the proceeds benefit the American Red Cross. Get prepared, California. Limited uh, d- uh, limited tickets uh, DK- for details. Log on to KFIAM640.com. And the keyword is Mixer. All right. Back we go. More Handle on the News. Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, me. Well, if you're an attorney in California, I hope you don't find your clients very good looking because you can't have sex with them anymore. Yeah. It used to be that you couldn't exchange sexual favors for representation. Now, attorney can't even stop a client under any circumstance. So consensual or no? Right. You can't do it. It's a violation of ethics. They almost, almost passed an ethics violation that if an attorney preparing for trial masturbates, disbarment. I had not heard that part. That barely lost. Oh. There is an exception. If you're representing your spouse or, or someone re- registered domestic partner, which means let's say that you've just been dating someone for years. You have a, a it's the, like Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn situation, but you're not registered as a That's domestic crazy. partner. And one of you is a lawyer. You you can't represent them or you have to say we're not going to have sex while I'm right. representing you, you can't have sex. You have to pretend you've been married for 30 years and uh, <laughs> swear uh, under the penalty of perjury. You'll never have sex with that person again. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, a woman in Arizona had a date with a guy, and uh, I guess she wanted to keep in touch more than he did. But girls of the world ain't nothing but trouble. She is accused of, I don't even know what order to present the things she's accused of, uh, sending him 65,000 texts 
up to 500 texts a day, breaking into his house, parking in front of his house with a big knife on the front seat of the car. Also, taking a bath in his bathtub after she broke into his house. Right. And how many times did they date? One. Once. Once. He must have made quite an impression. Have you guys seen her mugshot? No. No. Oh, please. Okay, I put it up uh, on my Twitter, at JJLKFI. You talk about crazy eyes. Really? Like, if he didn't know what he was getting into with this one. She's a piece of work, huh? Oh, it's it's one of those, like, hi, I'm going to be your next girlfriend. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very scary. Well, uh, there's been a new study that's found two-thirds of dispensaries in Colorado recommended marijuana during pregnancy. I smoke two joints in the afternoon. It makes me feel all right. 69% 69% of the dispensaries that were contacted during the study's mystery color approach apparently recommended cannabis as a treatment for nausea for the first trimester. And doctors are going, hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit tough. Yeah. Yeah, you would think, uh, can I use this for anything dealing with pregnancy? It's always contact your doctor. I don't care what it is. Uh, if you are pregnant, contact your doctor. If you're thinking of becoming pregnant, contact your doctor. If a neighbor is pregnant, you contact your doctor. Can't they, uh, I'm no foe of marijuana, but isn't this getting very close to practicing medicine without a license if you're giving that specific advice? Use this substance for this particular purpose? Can't do it. And you already have the CDC saying that the effects of smoking while you're pregnant could result in low birth weight or development problems. But you don't have to smoke. See, I, I don't know if they're conflating the substance with the method of ingestion. Smoking anything is bad news. But you don't have to smoke True. to get the benefits True. of cannabis. But it, I still don't think if let you're me pregnant, throw, you should Let me throw it. another side to this, because when you have all those supplements that are not okay by the FDA and don't have to be, walk into anybody that sells supplements, one of those, GNC or whatever, and ask the clerk, is this good for joint pain? What are they going to tell you? Yes, of yes. course. It's the best. Is that practicing? Oh, you're right. But they're not that supposed practicing? to. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, this is, yeah, the Federal Election Commission, for the first time ever, has approved a female candidate using campaign funds for child care. To me, this is like the Tammy Duckworth thing where they voted to allow her to bring her child. This is also like, it just, I think it just took somebody Exactly, it doesn't make any sense. Now, uh, this woman's uh, opponent, uh, Louis Bug Shirley's opponent, also a Democrat, it's saying that it's disappointing that my primary opponent can't support something as critical as child care. She can't afford to spend personal money. And I thought the same thing when Donald Trump uh, was using the Trump plane and charging it to the Republican National Committee when he was out there campaigning as a Republican. It's a shame he can't afford to maintain his own airplane. And he had to actually have the his campaign Support the airplane, buy the fuel. Come on, how stupid is this woman, huh? Of course it's legitimate. It would not every candidate can do it. Because you have to have a child? No well, that's one thing. Uh under the election law, it's you can't use the money for anything for anything that you would have as an expense anyway, if you weren't running. So for example, let's say you're running for something, uh and Mar- but Marjorie's available. To take care of your kids, she would have. She she would have anyway. Although it doesn't. No, I don't buy that because you can go. The reason I'm running, it's not up to Marjorie to support my running. There, she has no obligation. So if I am running for office, 
part of what I have to pay for while I'm gone and I have minor children would be child care. Same thing with cars. If same thing with right, airplanes. If you don't already have If child it's not care. already there. Right. And, uh, I'm sorry. Have, yeah, the better analogy is right. you're a single dad. Got it. You're you decide right. to if run already and have because child. you're running, you yeah. have to pay for child care. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Let's take a break. Boy, we finally got through that. That was worth five and a half minutes, wasn't it? We'll be back and finish it up. There we go. Jennifer Jones Lee. President Trump says he's watching on the telephone wire. Whiskey on an MC on fire. Handle here in the morning crew on a Friday. Some of the uh, big stories that we're covering this morning. Uh, the Iran Israel. Uh, debacle as far as Iran is concerned. I'll talk more about that in uh, just a few minutes, top of the hour. Uh, that is uh, going to be the story. And uh, what else? Uh, the Golden State Killer. Uh, four more charges. Okay, let's finish it up. Handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And they think they found the remains of one more of the kids who was in one of the cars or in the van, I guess, when it drove off the cliff in Northern California. And yeah. The two moms drove it off. Well, not quite all the remains. Well, a uh, a shoe. human foot inside of a shoe. Yeah, that was in a pair of girls' jeans. Yeah, tough. And they said it was a big kid size, like a five or, a, pretty, you know, like a five and a half woman yeah, size. Yeah, pretty grotesque. All right. Yeah. At least they're finding the... You want to turn the microphone on? Space, thank you, Bill, (laughs) telling me to turn my mic on. SpaceX uh, had to scrub its Falcon 9 launch yesterday. Should maybe happen today. And what's interesting is they're not specifying what what the technical problem was. Usually they do. Right. Usually they do. Yeah. This is supposed to be the final version of this rocket. Yeah. So something went wrong, and maybe later after they launch it, maybe they'll tell us what happened. Microphone. Sorry. What is wow, going we're on? we're all doing the same. Well, we're turning yeah. our mics off, you know, to not leak. Well, we've... we've in her case, probably profanity. Yes. No, we had a new, uh, a new computer got put okay, in here. Okay, got it. And so none of the settings are the same. So all right. So that's why we're fooling around with stuff in here. All right. A retired three-star general and Fox business guest said torture worked... On John McCain. Really? That's not what you guys have? Uh, no. This is your old buddy, Charles Payne. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, let me throw out the uh, Elon Musk, uh, the underground tunnel then. Okay. Uh, that's what I have, story 12. All right. Sorry. Uh, retired three-star general on Fox Business, and I think uh, Charles was uh, guest host. Right. Which he does quite often. Right. And uh, this retired general, Thomas McCarty, which we've known about, man, what a piece of work. Uh, where his vote against uh, uh, Haspel, Gina Haspel, for uh, CIA director, he said it doesn't matter uh, that uh, John McCain is voting oh against him, gosh. pushing him. He's going to die He's anyway. Dying anyway. Oh. And then uh, this guy was part of the birther crowd, McKierney, and he was part of uh, the stories that went around about John McCain, that John McCain caved into torture. And well, that's what why, he said on Charles Payne. Yeah, and, and, and it's and not true. Charles, well, right, and Charles, he gave him fake information. I mean, this is one of the famous things is they wanted to know who else was yeah. in his squadron, and he gave them the Packers offensive line, all those yeah. names. And is can, and he is being nailed. McKierney says he sung like a songbird. Uh, and it's also one of the things about McCain, why I think he's a genuine hero, is he was offered to be released early. Right. Because his dad was an admiral, and he said, not without my guys. And so what he did, because he refused, they tortured him even more. Five years in prison. And he is, look at how he's attacked. 
Donald Trump, he's no hero because he was captured. Right? His plane is shot down, and therefore he's no hero with the SAM missiles. Uh, it's just so disgusting. Yeah. Right. And it's just the, the person who said, allegedly said, uh, his no vote doesn't matter because he's dying anyway. Was. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. It was allegedly it wasn't, Kelly right. Sadler. It wasn't McKierney who who's said that. in the McKier- White House communications right. office. McKierney didn't was- say he was going to die anyway. McKierney said that he sang. Right. Uh, that and torture then, worked on him and right, he sang. Right. And then you're right. Uh, you have uh, uh, this inside staffer, Kerry, Ke- uh, Kelly Sadler, who said in a meeting, uh, don't worry about McCain voting against Haspel. He's dying anyway. All right, Dick's Sporting Good is getting Dick's Sporting Goods. There we go. Is getting some backlash from gun companies. You may remember they announced after the Parkland shooting they're going to stop selling the so-called assault-style weapons and also raise the purchasing age to 21 for all firearms. Well, now two things are happening. One of them is documents have come out that reveal Dick's Sporting Goods hired three lobbyists to lobby Congress for gun control. So them getting rid of the assault-style weapons and it coming out that they're paying lobbyists for gun control, now the gun makers are saying, oh, we're not going to do business with you anymore. Mossberg is out. MKS Supply is out. They make the high-point firearms. And Springfield, out. They won't do business anymore. Yeah. Crazy. Maybe maybe Dick should not sell any firearms then if that's the position and of he, their leader. I, right? I, I couldn't I mean, agree more. They just say, look, we don't sell firearms yeah. here. That's easy. And a man in Iowa says his dog shot him while they were playing. I am so suspicious of this, this story. Is, uh, this me is one. This too. is one pissed off dog. This is what happens. <laughs> you don't give me treats. This is what happens. <laughs> he says he's playing with his dog on the couch. He has a gun in his belly band. He he kind of pushes the dog off the couch as part of the roughhousing, and then the dog jumps back up. And both disables the safety and steps on the trigger. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. That's a pretty profound story. If in fact that was the case, I. It, th- how can a dog step on the trigger of a gun? I don't know. and fire it. I don't have guns. You do. You but know. you've shot guns. You've uh, at have. least shot simulated I guns, have. if not real. I have. Well, you know where the I trigger know. is in the trigger guard, and you have to get your finger around the front of it? Uh, yeah. I'm I, not aware of I any guns. All right, you're the expert. You're David Koresh. I'm not. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. All right. Coming up, uh, the Israel-Iran uh, Israel, unrest. What's going on in the Middle East? I'll share that with you. KFI AM 640. <laughs> KFI handle here, and uh, good morning on a uh, Friday, May 11th. Some of the top stories that we are covering. The Golden State Killer has now been charged with four additional counts of murder. And so uh, that's getting to be uh, more interesting than not. And uh, also, here's what I want to do. Uh, I was going to talk about the Israeli-Iran uh, conflict, which is calming down right now. I mean, the, the, the latest news is, of course, Iran saying, oh, no, 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 no. We never attacked. Uh, Israel just arbitrarily attacked us. It was uh, just, we don't know why, but they're just trying to destroy us or they're trying to uh, somehow s- start a uh, Mideast war. But I'll tell you what is a big deal. And uh, this is something, something that presidents have promised uh, basically since 1948. And that is moving the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Even though when Israel 
announced its independence on May 15th, 1948. The embassy and, and announced that Jerusalem was the e- eternal capital of the state of Israel. Uh, nobody bothered because they didn't want to offend the Arabs, of course. So here is what's happening. The, there's the May 14th inauguration of the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. Of course, the Arab world is going completely nuts. And not just the Arab world, incidentally. Uh, it has been the entire world. I think there are six countries that have said okay and are establishing credentials, uh, recognizing the embassy or Jerusalem as the capital and putting their embassies there. No one else is doing it. It's been Tel Aviv, even though Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. I mean, it's crazy. I can't think of any other country in the world where that happens. Can you imagine? Our capital is Washington, D.C. The rest of the world says, nah, we don't recognize Washington as the capital Uh, We're going to make it Peoria, Illinois, and we're going to set up our embassies there. Now, Israel is always caved because it has no choice. It needs international relations. I mean, it can't just ignore the world community, the community of nations. So what the president did, and here again, this is Donald Trump saying, I promised I'm delivering. And he has decided that uh, the U.S. embassy will move to Jerusalem on May 14th. And of course, Israel's making a deal about this that you can't believe because this is recognition. One of the things Israel does have a very tough time being recognized. Very strange. And for some reason, uh, I I can't even think of a reason other than just main pure anti-Semitism, I guess, throughout the world. And I get, and pro-Palestinian sentiment. And I I, I don't know if it's anti-Semitism as it's more the underdog kind of thing. It's like everybody in the world uh, revered Nelson Mandela when apartheid was going on in South Africa. It's just a feeling you, you, you go for the underdog. And certainly the Palestinians are the underdog in that part of the world. And so Israel is now opening up its embassy. Or the United States, excuse me, is opening up its embassy and recognizing the capital. And uh, what, what does that mean? Well, practically speaking, it doesn't mean a whole lot because you have this huge embassy now in Tel Aviv that has 800 people working in it, and you have a much smaller consulate in Jerusalem, and they're just switching. The embassy now moves to the consulate. The consulate now moves to the embassy, and it's gonna, to build an embassy is years of work. First of all, the land has to be bought, assuming it's not given. Then the building has to be designed. Then it has to be built. And can you imagine the kind of security that is necessary to build an embassy in a foreign country, particularly in the Middle East? Although with Israel, probably not as much because I'm sure their security is even better. And so practically speaking, there's going to be some movement of uh, ambassadorial staff from Tel Aviv to Israel, to uh, Jerusalem. but And it's going to be easier for people, for diplomats to present their credentials. Why? Because they're based out of uh, Tel Aviv. And even now, to present their credentials to the president or the prime minister of Israel, they get to drive an hour or an hour and a half from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Now, the deep-seated feelings, and this is why... 
And not because uh, I have friends in Israel and not just because I'm Jewish. You know, obviously I'm pro-Israeli for all the reasons you would think. But just a logical approach. The Palestinians declared their capital East Jerusalem and have forever. And that's part of the negotiations that are not going on and have forever. Palestinians want East Jerusalem. The Israelis say Jerusalem is our capital. We don't want to share, for example, uh, Washington, D.C. with Mexico. It is ours. And to give you an idea of the claim that Israelis have, the Jewish state has, if you go to any Jewish religious, uh, any if you go to a, uh, a Seder or you go to uh, the synagogue for services on Friday night or Saturday morning, Half the prayers, and these have been going on for 2,000 years, next year in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is all over the prayers for 2,000 years. Now, what country in the world can say for 2,000 years we have said that's our capital? And when it hasn't been our capital... Because of the diaspora, because last time there was a real state of Israel was uh, there was this guy named King David running around. That's when there was a, a, a state. Next time out, second time out, 1948. It's been a little bit of time. It never has changed. Either it is in Jerusalem or next year we will be in Jerusalem. And these are prayers from all. The, this is Jews all over the world saying that. So, uh, oh, by the way, the Palestinians never even existed until 1967. You know that. They were Jordanians before that. So just, you know, obviously I'm biased. I get that. And so uh, last week, the mayor of Jerusalem near Barakat climbed up a ladder and installed on the building a sign reading U.S. Embassy in English, Arabic, and Hebrew. And that has been a goal and a dream of the state of Israel since the moment that it declared its independence, May 15, 1948. All right, coming up, uh, the Department of Health Services changes rules for kids in custody. I'm sorry, the Department of uh, Homeland Security, excuse me, changes uh, rules for kids in custody, and that's going to change everything in terms of uh, when the immig- illegal immigration comes in. And then your This is my heartbeat song, and I'm going to play it. Been so long, Handle here on a Friday. May 11th, and uh, here's your chance to win some cash. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. If you enter this hour, watch your phone. You might get a call from a number you don't recognize. It could be the notification that you've won. If you don't answer it, you'll forfeit your win If you don't win, next hour, another chance. In fact, every hour, Monday through Friday, starting at 5 a.m. all the way through 7 o'clock. One of the things uh, that we talk about, you talk about, we all talk about dealing with immigration is how difficult the Trump administration is making it for illegal aliens to come in. There's two, two sides to this, or actually there's two parts to this. Number one is the accusation that the way the United States will be treating illegal aliens is changing dramatically, and it is. For example, uh, the Trump administration is uh, trying to rewrite the rules, is rewriting the rules, 
for detaining immigrant, immigrant kids at the border. Uh, the administration wants more flexibility. They want more flexibility or it wants more flexibility in terms of separating children from families. There are rules in place right now. They want to extend the time that parents and children can be separated. Uh, they want unaccompanied minors to increase to be increased uh, scrutiny, could make it easier to deport them. And one of the things they want, and this one sort of floored me, is they separate the parents from the kids and then call the kids unaccompanied minors, making it easier to deal with them. And that's where they're going with this one. It's part of a draft, draft regulation that's just been released. And a, a copy of it was uh, obtained by the Washington Post. And the Justice Department is not saying this is fake news either. Uh, it's a Department of Homeland Security draft uh, with the Justice Department. And it's going to provide a, a set of rules how detained kids can be treated. And that replaces a 1997 consent decree along with federal laws that now guides those decisions. And immigrant advocates argue that uh, these regulations include changes that erode protections, child welfare protections, which they do. There's no question they do. For example, under the federal uh, consent decree going on right now, the government has up to five days to transfer kids detained in a facility to a family residential facility where they then would stay with their parents. Only five days. But the Trump administration, of course, wants to blow away that five-day period. What they want to do as a standard is combine the kids with their parents as expeditiously as possible. Reminds me of Brown versus Board of Education when the Supreme Court ordered that schools all over the United States be desegregated. And they're very careful in giving the timeline. Was it going to be immediately? Was it going to be expeditiously? Was it going to be at their own call? And I think it was the word I'm trying to remember that. With, do, with deliberate uh, speed. Something along those lines. We should pull the exact language. But it was so ambiguous that 30 years later, schools were still segregated. 40 years later. And the argument was, we're still doing it. And courts were backing it up. So much, uh, the same thing here. Instead of saying, you've got to do it within five days, now you do it as expeditiously as possible. You think that's going to be a lawsuit or two? That's just one of the items on this. But here is the bottom line. And that is, for those people that argue that uh, the administration is doing this because the administration is heartless, and doesn't care about children. I mean, do you really think that you have people involved in border security in the administration that you're saying, we don't care about kids. Kids of illegal aliens are worth less than people, uh, than children of citizens or born citizens. I mean, if you believe that, I don't know where you're going. Uh, I don't think there are too many people that actually believe that. But there is a philosophy that says, not only do we want to remove as many illegal aliens as possible, but we want to make it as difficult as possible for them to come in. And not only with that border wall, because that, that's the big campaign promise, border wall, border wall. But also by the very nature of the process itself. If you make it more difficult, 
if you separate families for a longer period of time, if you're able to set up deportation hearings faster, add immigration judges, change the rules as much as possible. Keep in mind, the government has huge leeway when you're talking about immigration judges. Huge leeway. And because when you're dealing with immigration cases, it's the policy of the United States that controls. It's a policy issue. It's not the Constitution, per se. It's not fundamental rights the way uh, a criminal case is, the way the U.S. government treats its citizens. It's very different. Once you're here as an illegal alien, it's a whole different, a whole different matter. And keep in mind, this is an administration that was elected. There, one thing you have to give this president is there's no hidden agenda with Donald Trump. I guarantee you there's not a one. Hillary Clinton would have nothing but Hill, uh, hidden agendas. Nothing but. Donald Trump is who he says he is. And in retrospect, when he said taxes, the wall, the Iran deal, man, he is serious. He is doing everything he can. So there it is. And until you have a Democratic government come in, an administration, things are not going to get better for illegal aliens. And then you can decide, do you want illegal aliens here? Do you open up our borders to El Salvadorians and Mexicans and Guatemalans? And if everybody, uh, our uh, housekeeper, Maria, uh, was a, well, is El Salvadorian and came to the United States in the trunk of a car, by the way, uh, back in 1980. And she was with the first amnesty program. She's now an American citizen. And we talked about, and she, it's so far worse now in El Salvador. You can't live there for the violence. Does that mean you let everybody from El Salvador comes in? How many people do you think, if we open the borders, would come in from El Salvador? 90% of the population of the country? Guatemala, 90%. Honduras, 95%. All right, coming up, breathalyzer flaws. You know, if you got tagged by a breathalyzer and have a DUI, you know, you got You have a good, good case saying that that wasn't right. KFI AM six. Give me one good reason why I should never make a change. Candle here on a Friday morning with the morning crew. It happens to be Free Movie Friday with Adam Tickets. They're giving you a chance at Free Movie Tickets. You can text them now. You text reporter to Adam one A T O M one for your chance to win. And this is the Adam Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone and skip the lines. Standard data and text message rates may apply. Okay. If you ever have been busted for a DUI, and unfortunately too many of you have, I never have because I don't drink. By the way, I'm not a teetotaler. I, I don't care if people drink or not. Um, you, you know how medicine, you know how uh, alcohol, when you first taste it, tastes like medicine? I've never gotten beyond that. So why would I pay money for medicine that I don't need? So most people who get popped, it's with the breathalyzer. And if you blow a .08 or more, goodbye, you are legally drunk. And whenever anybody argues, and they and handle on the law, I get this all the time. Bill, uh, I've been arrested for drunk driving. Can I fight it? Do I need a lawyer? And I said, and I always ask, how'd you blow on the breathalyzer? 0.08, which is right there as a wobbler. I said, yep, you can hire lawyers. And what they do is they will attack that breathalyzer indication. They'll attack that measure. 
especially if it's close. I mean, you know, point one six. You know, you're half dead. They're not gonna. You're not gonna be able to do much. But it's always the calibration because breathalyzer, uh, breathalyzers have to be calibrated. And what drunk driving uh, lawyers do is attack the calibration inevitably. Same thing with radar uh, speeding tickets if they're done by radar. Well, the attack now is going beyond simply the calibration. It's the source code behind the breathalyzer. What's being argued is that the very people who manufacture breathalyzers, and we're talking about one German company, actually, that is really being nailed. It's a company called Draeger. It's a German medical technology maker, uh, which uh, won a uh, major contract, and it is being attacked, saying your source code doesn't work. There are things about your machine that make it, uh, frankly, that uh, can change can change the results. Uh, for example, one attorney, and this is a report that has come out on this, attacking everything about the breathalyzer. One attorney read the report, said, you know what, this shows that the breathalyzer actually tips the scales in favor of prosecutors and against drivers. It is supposed to be completely independent. It's a piece of machinery. Either you have a foot or you don't have a foot. And what did it have to do? Well, with the lack of adjustment of a person's breath temperature. Did you ever know that? That your breath temperature can affect the reading. Breath temperatures fluctuate throughout the day. The report, looking at the source code, said that that can also wildly change the results of the alcohol breath test without correction. And the correction is made internally. It's made with the program. Without correction, a single digit over normal breath temperature can inflate the results by 6%. Put someone over the top. And uh, this is all happening in Washington State. And the formula that they have should correct the breath temperature to prevent false arrest. But since it's part of the source code, since it's inside the machinery and it's in the software, now the argument is, do we release or does the state mandate the release of the very programming that the machine has? This is not a calibration issue. This is the heart of the software. It's a source code. Well, Drager is saying, uh, well, hold on a minute. This is proprietary. This belongs to us. This is what we spent millions of dollars or at least hundreds of thousands of dollars producing. And now you want to open it up in a, a court document, which is available to the entire world? That is an interesting issue. Uh, there's also another issue. The fuel cell uh, used to measure a person's alcohol levels. Fuel cells degrade over time. So the more a breathalyzer is used for a, uh, a greater period of time, that can also alter the accuracy of test results. Well, here's the bottom line. If it turns out that the breathalyzer is successfully attacked and the source code is found to have enough errors in it, then all the DUIs in the state of Washington are going to be attacked. You are going to see more motions filed than you could ever imagine to overturn convictions.
Much as like what happens when you have a lab, for example, a medical lab that's used to text, test toxicological reports, uh, various other items uh, that are sent to testing labs. And when those labs are found to be defective or the people in there that are cheaters or upon a second lab report shows that the first lab used wrong equipment, uh, untrained people, the whole thing blows up instantly. Every single criminal, every single defendant who was convicted based on those results, attack it. And it works. All right, coming up, we've talked about this, opioids, uh, but there is a spin to this in Northern California, what's going on, and there's a change there. This is KFI. KFI AM uh, 640 handle here and uh, welcome back on a uh, Friday uh, breaking story right now. And that is a shooting up in Palmdale at a high school. And what is the latest, Jen? This is Highland High School in Palmdale. Police are responding to multiple 911 calls about a shooting there. NBC4 says fire officials got a report of someone with a gunshot wound. Highland High is on lockdown right now. I'll bet. All right. Well, obviously, we're going to be following that story all morning long. Now, uh, what's going on up in Northern California? Well, the heroin crisis, the opioid, opioid epidemic is something that I, you have discussed. It's in the media. It's in just, it's simply part of our lives now. And a connection is being made uh, between homeless people and the opioid epidemic, particularly needles, syringes, that sort of thing that are left all over the place. And I'm going to give another spin on this. And that is Northern California. And that used to be known as marijuana and meth land. Opioids were not that big a deal up in Northern California. Here is an interesting factoid for you. The state of California has actually one of the lowest overall opioid-related death rates in the country. Do you know that? Relative to other countries, West Virginia, you've seen those where half the town dies of overdoses in uh, those various towns. Well, the death rates uh, in the rural north has raised a bunch of alarms. For example, Humboldt County, the opioid death rate is five times higher than the uh, state average. It's moving up north. In Eureka, the county seat, uh, what is going on where you have this horrible drug addiction going on? Well, the authorities are saying uh, the the homeless population is growing, and that's connected Why is the homeless population growing? An extreme lack of affordable housing. A changing, weakened economy that relies on tourism, very heavily on tourism. And here's the problem. This is uh, an abyss you go over. This is a cycle uh, that keeps on swirling downward. When you have homeless people all over the place and they're near tourist attractions or on the way to uh, uh, any place where a tourist goes or where they uh, camp out, well, after, or actually they stay in hotels and you have a uh, homeless encampment within a mile. Tourists stop coming. So the tourism industry decreases. Tourism industry decreases more homelessness because there are fewer jobs. And it just keeps on spiraling downwards. Now, connecting that, all of that, because this is going to become one huge connection when all the dots get connected. 
part of all that is the growing homeless issue. And part of the homeless is drug addiction. There is no such thing as a homeless camp that exists without a huge population. That, well, they're all alcoholics. I mean, all of them. There is, uh, I, I've, I've shared this with you, my brother's uh, ex-girlfriend who actually came to my wedding and she ended up, she's schizophrenic, and she ended up on the street and Marjorie found her on the street one day and it was just, it stunned us. So we put her up and uh, we've been helping her ever since. And thank God she's off the street now. But I went over there to visit her one day, eight o'clock on a Sunday morning to see if she was okay. And there was a glass full of vodka with a little bit of orange juice. I'm talking about a tumbler full of vodka. I said, what are you doing? You know, what, why, why are you drinking so early? She goes, are you kidding? I'm an alcoholic. We're all alcoholics on the street. Everybody. So what you have are people that, of course, are all drunks. But, and that's not because they're inherently alcoholic. That's how you live. The drugs... People think it's the drugs that causes homelessness. Well, in many cases, homelessness is caused by many other factors. And then the drugs and the alcohol become part of life just to deal with the homelessness. It is painful to be homeless. Our friend Suzanne, she talked about she was on the street for three years. She didn't get one night's decent sleep. First of all, try sleeping on a sidewalk and see how comfortable that is. Second of all, as she explained it, you have to sleep with one eye open all night. She has been raped. She has been robbed. She has been beaten up because that's what happens at homeless camps. That's what happens when you're homeless. So a lot of people simply deal with those issues by taking drugs and drinking alcohol. See, a lot of people don't get that. I really didn't get that until I started talking to her and really having one-on-ones. Combine all of that, how do, you, how do most people take drugs? Well, the hard drugs, the meth, the heroin, it's all intravenous. And what happens when you have homeless people? You think they clean up after themselves? Here's a trash can over there. There's the recycle bin, and there's the uh, needle bin. And here's the exchange program over there. No one's interested. So you have all kinds of evidence of the overdose, of the heroin addiction that's increasing like crazy. And opioids lead to heroin because those pills are expensive. Heroin is cheap. So when you talk about these homeless camps, inevitably, uh, it's the filth. It's the tents, cardboard boxes, the garbage. And inevitably, it's the thousands of syringes. That are left as a result of the intravenous drug use. And who wants that? And they are growing. And what do we do about it? You know what it is? We don't know. Here's the only thing we do know. I don't know what you think about the homeless. But I'm going to make, right now, I'm going to state a fact. And you tell me it's not absolutely true. You don't care how to deal with a homeless as long as they're not near you. That's when you start caring, when they're near you. Other than that, hey, whatever, you know, just figure it out. You figure it out. I'm not getting interested. I'm not, I'm in, I'm not invested in this unless there's a homeless camp a quarter of a mile from where you live or where you work. Now you're invested. Just get them out of here. That's all I care about. And then we'll deal with it later. But where do we take them? I don't care. They can live with you. Let them move into your neighborhood. 
Just not mine. All right, robot voices. That passes human. See, I kind of like human voices that pass as robots. But I've been listening to talk radio for a long time. KTLA's Rich DeMuro is uh, going to join us as uh, new technology is making it even more ridiculous to use the phone. This is KFI AM 640. KFI handle here on a Friday morning, May 11th. Some of the top stories that we're covering. A big one that broke this morning in Palmdale. Uh, Multiple shots fired at Highland High School in Palmdale. And uh, so far, I think we have reports of one person wounded. Uh, Jen, you want to give us the latest on that? Yeah, NBC4 is saying that one person does have a gunshot wound. Um, But Highland High is on lockdown right now. CNN's reporting that schools nearby Highland High are also being locked down. But that's as much as we have right now. It was just multiple 911 calls about a shooting that started the police response this morning. Got it. And then a story. God, I wish we had time for this. There's so much going on today. John Kelly, chief of staff, uh, said two things. Uh, number one, uh, that Donald Trump is embarrassed by embarrassed by the Mueller probe, okay, and that illegal immigrants don't integrate well in the United States because they don't have skills. Uh, there's a world to that one, isn't there? And he's getting a lot of flack there. How about it's true? And I would explain that uh, because that one is, you think that's controversial? All right, now let's move over to something that I think uh, a lot of people think are even more controversial, those damn phone calls. And it's not just robocalls we're going to talk about. Uh, There's a new Google program that can pass as human on the phone. Should it be required to tell people it's a machine? Hi, I'm a machine and I want to make reservations. Rich DeMuro, KTLA tech guy. Uh, Rich, good morning. Hey, good morning to you, Bill. Okay, so uh, how exactly does this work? So Google is pretty much the world leader at this point in artificial intelligence. And if you've ever heard how, you know, they have the Google Assistant, which sounds very realistic, they just keep getting more and more realistic. And not just how these things speak, but also what they understand. And this new program that they showed off, Google Duplex, it's called, is basically taking robocalling to the next level. So if you've ever gotten a robocall, you know it's kind of like... No, a, no, no one's ever gotten a robocall here. <laughs> yeah, like every you two want, minutes. Yeah, because you want to explain what those are? Okay. I, I think we know how they work. But, you know, you've, you've seen that thing where, like, you know, the phone call picks up. You know it's going to be a robocall. It takes a couple seconds. You hear something, and you can tell it's kind of recorded voice. And it's just recorded voices. It's not really interacting with you. Even the phone trees, when you call a company, and it's like, you know, you can talk to it. Hey, tell me why you're calling today. Realistically, they never understand you half the time. Well, Google says they have fixed all that. And with Google Duplex, it literally sounds like a person that is talking to you. And the demo they showed off is that this can make a phone call on your behalf to make a restaurant reservation or a haircut appointment. Or the other thing they're doing with this system is, you know how the times change when a a business is open or closed on a holiday? Well, Google will automatically call a whole bunch of businesses at once and just say, hi, I'm calling to find out what your hours are this weekend during Memorial Day. And the person on the other end, the human who doesn't really know any better, will say, okay, on Friday we're open from uh, 9 to, hold on, let me check, 4. And then Google will update its apps so you have this information when you search on Google. All right, so Rich, let me get this. Uh, Let's say I'm making a reservation uh, and uh, I'm calling a, a a restaurant that has that program. Hi, my name is Bill. I'd like to make a reservation for Saturday night. Uh, Nope, we're booked. Okay, uh, how about Sunday? Well, we have an opening at 10 o'clock. Does that work for you? How many people? Is that the kind of conversation that I would be having with a computer? 
Exactly. So you wouldn't have the conversation. You would go on Google and you'd say, like I did this the other night. I want to make a reservation for me and my wife to go to an Italian restaurant and they were on open table. So if they're on open table, Google Assistant can already do this. So all I said to Google was, hey, Google, can you get me an appointment at this restaurant uh, for Friday night at 730 for two people? And it literally went to open table, made the reservation and it said done. And I got an email confirmation. We went to dinner. It was great. Now, if that restaurant was not on board with OpenTable, what Google would do in the background is make a phone call to that restaurant on your behalf. So they would say, hi, I'm calling for my client, Rich. He would like a reservation here Friday night at 7.30 p.m. for two people. And the person on the other end might say, hold on, let me let me check. Hold on. And the computer goes, hmm, okay. And then it says, and it just keeps going back and forth until it figures something out. Astounding. It is nothing short of astounding what's going on with the technology. Because you're, you're right. As soon as you uh, said, when you call these menus, well, give me a few words and describe what's going on. I just did one of those with a credit card issue that I had. Right. And uh, they say, hey, get me a, the, the voice, which sounded wonderful. Right. Didn't, didn't sound computerized. Said, why don't you give me a few words? Yeah, I'm going to sue your asses off. That's what I'm going to do. Oh. Well, then let me get you in touch with one of our representatives. The only thing I ever say to those phone operator demo people, whatever you call them, computerized voices, is operator, please, operator, please. And that's it, because I don't want to give you in a few words what I'm trying to do, because you never understand it. That's true. And then I have to go through another chain, and it tries to take care of my problem through the computer, and I don't want that. I want to talk to a real person. But it's going to get better with a uh, with a computer, because they're going to end up doing it better, faster than a person could ever do that. Well, if Google can, if they license this out to other companies, it's going to be pretty crazy. But Bill, let me let me tell you what the tech tech community is kind of debating right now is whether these computers should identify themselves as a computer. And I asked Google this. I said, Hey, are these computers when they call saying, Hi, I have a computer call from Google, can you know for a reservation? And they're not doing that. They're actually experimenting with subtle ways of letting you know oh, that it's not a human. They're yeah. not specifically saying it, which I think is kind of weird, but... It, it is. The whole world is changing on this. We don't even know how the technology, how it compares with the law, with the ethics of all this. This is uh, this is kind of fun when you're talking about uh, the law, the ethics, and technology all trying to get together on one issue. Well, yeah, when it comes to the law, because Google said that they're monitoring these conversations. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. And if they are monitoring and recording, obviously, uh, they have to let you know that one. Right, don't they? In, in California, at least, I yeah. know. Um, so that's an interesting... another. Another side of this, maybe they're not testing it in California where, you know, you do have to record the calls. Maybe some other states don't have those rules. I'm not sure. All right, Rich. Thank you. Uh, Rich DeMuro from KTLA, the tech guy. Coming up, uh, Donald Trump, his Medicare negotiation. He has figured out a way. Remember he promised to bring pharmaceutical prices down? He was going to do it. Never very specific. We have a specific now. And it is about as sophomoric and cretinous as you can humanly get. I even sh- I shook my head at this one, and I'll explain when we come back. And your chance to win a thousand bucks. All right. Handle here and uh, the morning crew as we continue on. But first, uh, your chance to win some money. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Keep in mind they notify the winner with a phone call. If you don't answer that call, you'll forfeit the win. If you don't win this hour, there's another chance next hour. In fact, we're giving away $1,000 every hour Monday through Friday starting at 5 a.m. all the way till 7 p.m. 
Uh, sorry, Jen, I have to apologize to you because I know you are going to announce that uh, World War III has just been declared, but we had to do that contest. No worries. There is an update on uh, the school shooting in Palmdale that just happened this morning, and uh, there was a high school. What What's the latest? Yeah, this was Highland High School in Palmdale about 7 o'clock this morning. There were multiple 911 calls about a shooting there. Police responded. They say that there uh, we got reports of someone with a gunshot wound, according to NBC4. Highland High is on lockdown, but a According to the L.A. County Sheriff's uh, Headquarters tweet, one suspect has been detained regarding a person with a gun at Highland High. But now we are also following reports of multiple shots heard at Manzanita Elementary School in Palmdale. That's just eight miles from Highland High. Good God. So as soon as we get more on that, we'll let you know. Yeah, and please interrupt if this thing just starts getting much more serious than it is. All right. Now. Uh, During the campaign for president, uh, one of the things that uh, President Trump promised is he would redo uh, the way the pharmacies uh, work, the the cost of pharmaceuticals here in this country, uh, because it is completely insane. It is beyond out of control. Of course, I've done story after story. You you know all the stories. And uh, didn't have any specifics. Did not have any specifics. All he said was, we will control it. We will bring these under control. Well, we just got how he was going to do it. Uh, specific went out and this is beyond it's beyond stupid i mean really i mean this has hit a level of stupidity that's almost beyond credulity all right here's the rule medicare which is the largest of course uh medical plan that exists in this country everybody over 65 is a member of medicare what ends up happening well medicare negotiates with all the doctors with hospitals with purveyors but not with drug companies by law it can't negotiate with drug companies it does it through a third party these uh, negotiators and who make more of these companies that make more money, the more the more the uh, pharmaceutical companies charge you totally conflicted. And so, of course, we get no help. So you think, all right, so here's what the president's going to do. It doesn't make sense. It just makes sense. If the government negotiates with doctors and providers and hospitals, all it has to do is start negotiating with pharmaceutical companies. I mean, the, uh, the there's a reason why uh uh, pharmaceuticals in other countries are cheaper. The governments negotiate the single payer system. So, for example, in France, you're Merck and you want to sell a drug to France. You're talking to one customer for the entire country. You think you're going to get a decent price? You think there's going to be no negotiation? Can't do it in America. So, the answer clearly is not going to be let the government negotiate, even though it negotiates everything else. You know what the answer is? is the United States putting pressure on those nationalized health care to not negotiate with pharmaceutical companies. Do what we do. Don't negotiate. And therefore, if the pharmaceutical companies can charge whatever they want, where they're not negotiating with a single major player, then prices drop all over the world because of competition. In other words, if... Uh, you are buying something and you have tremendous power to negotiate and I am buying the same product from a company, here's how I'm going to lower prices is I take away your negotiating power and we're on the same plane. So effectively what the president is saying is let the world do what we do. No controls whatsoever. Open market. And Frankly, uh, even though every other country in the world, industrialized country in the world, has a national health plan and the governments negotiate, all of you stop it. That's what we're going to do. We want the, the United States wants all of you to stop negotiating as governments. 
Just take away those controls and we're all going to be better. Yeah, try doing that to England, France, Germany, Switzerland. Uh, ask any of those countries uh, if that's going to work. And they're going to say, well, yeah, of course. Of course, President Trump. Uh, we're going to take away our negotiating power. Of course we are. Uh, we're going to make sure that our prices go up uh, so your prices can go down. That's what the president is calling for. That's his plan. Uh, is that... Sh- that's astounding. Huh. Man, I just don't get it. I really don't. You know, if if the Republicans and people that are against national health, and that's Democrats too, weren't utter hypocrites, you know, we would do Medicare. The government couldn't negotiate on behalf of Medicare. Medi- everybody who's 65 or older, you do it on your own. Join a health plan. Let Blue Cross deal with Everybody over 65. The government should have no business. And why do they always, why won't they touch Medicare? Why won't they touch Medicare? Because it's one of the third rails, isn't it? The utter hypocrisy. All right, coming up, Handle on the News, late edition, and it's a super segment. This is KFR. Handle on the News, late edition. Handle on the News. I believe the American people have had it. With Bill Handel. All right, KFI Handel here on a uh, Saturday, or excuse me, Friday morning. Tomorrow, Handel on the Law. I'm already thinking that. All right, a lot of stuff going on this morning. We got a super segment, and there is so much. I want to put all this into play. First of all, uh, please donate to help the American Red Cross Initiative to get prepared California. For your $400 donation, you and a guest can enjoy cocktails and appetizers with uh, all the KFI hosts and crew, plus unlimited sky slide rides during an exclusive eating, evening at the beautiful OUE Sky Space in downtown LA. You have to be 21. 100% of the proceeds will benefit the American Red Cross. Get prepared, California campaign. Limited tickets. For details, log on to KFIAM640.com, and the search is Mixer. The keyword is Mixer. All right, also... Uh, well, let me tell you what's happening. Well, first of all, what's going on in Palmdale. Then I want to go to the Middle East. Something that's going on right now. Uh, Jen, what's happening with that shooting situation? Okay, so police first resport- reported to uh, responded to reports of possible shootings at two schools in Palmdale this morning. This first one started at 7 o'clock at Highland High in Palmdale. That's where they heard that someone with a gun might be at the high school. One person has been detained. ATF says it is responding to the high school. Now, the sheriff's department apparently also got calls about multiple shots heard near Manzanita Elementary, also in Palmdale. That's about eight miles away from the high school. But according to a tweet, from the sheriff's department manzanita elementary school is all clear this morning all right so far uh it's coming out to be a pretty good story uh without a lot of uh people getting shot up or god forbid even any deaths all right something else is going on in the middle east uh i'm looking at some uh news coverage of uh, iranians uh protesting in mass about uh, the israel attack on uh, the syrian uh, uh, installations which are iranian military installations in the golan heights and uh, by the hundreds of thousands, they're protesting. Uh, oh, my God, Israel has attacked uh, the installations. I just want to compare. You're going to see more of that because uh, these uh, demonstrations are going to go on around the Arab world. Because naturally, uh, Israel just arbitrarily attacks. Iran denies it ever launched a missile at all. It was just an arbitrary attack by Israel. It, it just occurred to me as I'm looking at all this. Israelis don't protest when they're attacked. You don't see protests. All they do is very calmly say, okay, 
You want to hit us? We'll hit you. And that's exactly what's happening here. You don't see protests on the street. You don't see any of that. You don't see hundreds of thousands of people burning the Iranian flag. Just doesn't work. So this thing is uh, going to you're you're going to see some really interesting things over the next few days. Because generally, Israelis don't believe that the solution to the problem is for all these other countries to stop existing. No, no, and they don't. Whereas pro- Iran thinks the solution to the problem right. is Israel just right. shouldn't exist anymore. Yeah, and when they do protest, the whole country protests is when they find a McDonald's uh, has a, a bit of pork in their burgers. Uh, that's when the country goes berserk. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. More handle on the news late edition. We got okay. This uh, we just did this. Uh, the Israeli border is going to be a, a huge rally uh, planned for Monday, and the Gazans. This is going to be off the Gaza Strip, but we'll cover that on Monday because it's that's when it's going to happen. And one thing did happen this morning already. The health ministry in Gaza says one Palestinian has been killed and dozens have been hurt by Israeli gunfire during a protest right near the sealed border with Israel. Yeah. God forbid that they think there's going to be any kind of violence when you have 200,000 people or 20,000 people trying to go uh, over a wall or destroy a wall where um, where you want to destroy that country, right? That's your that's the whole basis of your government. You want to destroy the guy next door and they actually respond when you try to breach the border. God forbid. Okay, let's just move on. Wayne uh, all right, you Story don't want to do. You don't want to. Oh, all the way to three. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Hey, remember the uh, package bombs in Austin, and they did find the guy who then killed himself with one of his own bombs. Well, now there's apparently another serial bomber. Two packages. One was left outside a Starbucks in Beaumont, Texas. I don't think it went off. It it didn't. And one did go off outside a church in Beaumont, Texas. Similar devices, same city in Texas. So assuming that it had been there for a while, unless it's a copycat. Well, Beaumont's not close to Austin. So I, yeah, I don't even so know the difference. So it could be a copycat. It's got to be a copycat. It can't just be simultaneously, relatively simultaneously. Two people have the expertise to do it. Well, relatives of a homeless man shot by LAPD officers back in 2015 have settled a lawsuit for almost $2 million. Yeah, now the jury had already found the police officers liable in the death of Africa Kunan, Charlie Africa Kunang. And so now it was simply a question of how much money was the jury going to give? This is when settlement works. This is when you have to sit down because juries can go berserk. And I'm willing to bet that $1.9 million relative to what a jury can do, especially if this is downtown, a downtown jury, that's getting away cheap. That is getting, that is certainly getting away cheap. The, the amount of money that the city of L.A. Uh, has to have paid in the last few years has exploded. I mean, the budget doesn't even come close. It always blows past the budget in terms of money that's set aside for this. Well, uh, this guy in Huntington Beach decided to submit a ballot initiative And it would require, and now I'm quoting from it, all semi-automatic and automatic guns and rifles to be turned into the city of Huntington Beach Police Department by January 1, 2019. And now the city is suing him. They're basically saying that's illegal. That law that you're proposing, there's no way. Under the Second Amendment. And we do not have to go through this dumb process when the result, if it passed, it can't be enforced. Right. And so they're suing him to stop it right. so they which don't is, have to have the election. Which is it. never going to happen. It's going to be tossed out instantly. 
Uh, you mean the city will win? Uh, no. Is that what you're saying? No, he's going to win. You think that you sure, think judge is going to rule absolutely. that even though why. the law that the you're law proposing say, is unconstitutional? No, the law does not say. The only thing the Supreme Court has ruled is that you can have a handgun in your home for protection. That's it. The Heller decision. That's it. As far as banning assault weapons, as far as turning in weapons, all of that uh, is going to pass constitutional muster. Whether it's going to happen or not, it's, it, it isn't. Also, how about the argument is, if you're trying to stop my ability to, uh, my First Amendment right to practice my political uh, opinions, how does the court say that? You know what? Even if it is not going to pass constitutionally, you don't have the right to even introduce the bill. Trying to, how about all of the bills in the state legislatures that talk about abortion, try to winnow down abortion, that all of them are knocked out by the courts. Every one of them are knocked out by the courts. You have to be 30 miles within a hospital to do an abortion. You have to have, uh, you have, to have privileges. Uh, a woman has to see the fetus on an ultrasound. Uh, she has to have counseling. There has to be a 48-hour wait. All of those have been blown out by the courts. Every one of them could have been stopped theoretically, by Planned Parenthood. Except I think those laws generally are passed by the legislature. This guy's trying to put it on the ballot for the people to vote on. There's no difference. A law becomes law two different ways in California, either by initiative or by the legislature. It's Either one is as valid. Are you saying, I just yes, want to make I sure I understand, you're saying if a guy said, I want to put a ballot initiative on that says black people have to go back yes. to using separate drinking yep. fountains, that's, that's, that, they the, can't that stop the that. city or the state could not stop that that's from correct. going forward based on the fact that it's dead on arrival. That anyway. is correct. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's dead on arrival or not. That it's is be an interesting lawsuit. I think it's, it's a First Amendment issue. You have a right to press. It's a political freedom act. It's the right to engage in your political beliefs in the United States. You can't get away with that. I mean, you can't say no to that. So there. Oh, I have no idea if I'm right or not, but it sure sounded good. You sounded it? confident. You shouldn't have said right there at the end that you had no idea if you were right or not. Because well, that's you sounded totally confident. I know. But that's always the case. I, 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 I'm an open book. I believe in total transparency. Let's move on. There's an assemblywoman in New York that wants to outlaw all high school shooting sports programs in her state. Well, there you go. That's a law that could be passed, and the NRA is going to go berserk. And she's basing this on, of course, the shooting at uh, Stoneman Douglas High in Florida because she cites that the shooter, Nicholas Cruz, he was in the junior ROTC air rifle team at the school, which the NRA funds. And uh, she's saying that that, uh, all of these schools promote a gun culture if they have these... um, School yeah, like how, rivalry. Come teams on, really? Or... It promotes a gun culture. Therefore, we're going to make it illegal. There's another one. What, quote promoting gun culture. I don't even know what that means. They're trying to say anyone who would be interested in a rifle team is going to be a is going to turn killer. into a killer. Yeah. It's well, crazy. then they should not televise the biathlon during the Olympics. That's anymore. correct. Yeah. They shouldn't allow MMA's uh, to be televised because that promotes violence like crazy. Sure. No bodybuilding. Uh, contest because those guys often have guns speaking of shootings uh in red banks mississippi at the red banks truck stop guy named stanley woodson ordered some peach cobbler and he felt there was not enough peach in his peach cobbler he started screaming at the woman another guy comes in like a good samaritan to try to say hey don't you know yell at this woman over peach cobbler so uh, Mr. Woodson goes to his car, gets a gun out, and shoots the guy over Cobbler. Rotten beaches, yeah. rotten in the soul. Now, here 
here's the problem. Obviously, everybody thinks it's a one-sided argument that the guy who got shot in the back, it was a bad shooting. Think about this. Peaches in a cobbler. You have to have a minimum amount of oh peaches goodness. in a cobbler because oh, wow. there are always two sides. A cobbler is very important. You know that. Wow, that was my phone. The police did not so see it your way, Bill. <laughs> well, here's another one of those stories where the pendulum swings really far one way and then it swings really far the other way. Remember the controversial arrest of those two black men at a Starbucks bathroom who there was, you know, do you are you paying customers or not? Well, if you're not, you can't use our bathroom. Now Starbucks says because of that, bathrooms are open to everybody. That's the end of Starbucks bathrooms. Yeah, that's yep. true. See, uh, of course, this one genuinely has a couple of sides. And one of them, when you think about it, is can you limit it to customers? And uh, although in practicality, very few places do. When I have to go to the restroom and I'm driving around, I'll go to a fast food establishment and say, can I, where's the restroom? And they let me in. If there's a place that says you have to be a customer, I'll order a Coke. And I'll say, I'm ordering a Coke. Hold the Coke. Uh, because I have to go to the restroom. Uh, but as you just said, if it's why, let's say you have an inner city Starbucks or a Starbucks that is anywhere near uh, a, a homeless place. Well, that's the real so what do you issue do? is what do you, homeless that's people. Right. What do you do if you can't stop people from coming in as policy? I mean, it, it becomes a mess. So uh, I told you that when I worked in, there was a homeless guy who every on every one of my shifts, he would go in and he would bathe in the bathroom. And as soon as he left, he'd be in there about 10 minutes. And as soon as he left, we had to go in and clean the bathroom because he would have, I mean, he was literally bathing. He was taking a bath in there. There was water everywhere. So we would have to mop the floors. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know which way to this go. This is going to come back. This is going to bite Starbucks in the butt. It has to. Before it has too to. long. Because what will happen is the customers will all start complaining about the state yeah, of their bathrooms. I, I would. and But the problem is uh, here. Uh, is there's a racial overtone to this because it happened to be two black guys. I would have felt a lot better about this story in terms of uh, defending uh, that the bathrooms are not open to everybody if it had been a couple of white guys so you don't have a racial component. And I had originally done the story, and I asked, well, do they do this to white people too? And the story came out, it didn't look like it. It was just black people, and the manager had let, let white people do this. Because it was a loose policy, and right. every store and that becomes, had discretion to enforce it yep. or not. And so, if you're a racist manager, yep. that's what's going to happen. Do it. Couldn't Starbucks also cure the problem by going in the other direction and saying, "Now it's not a loose policy; it is a mandatory policy. No bathroom unless you're a paying customer. Oh. Period. End of discussion. No discretion. Right. If we ever find out that you let anyone use that sure. bathroom without making a purchase, you're fired. That's a bad PR move. But I no, no. But I mean, in terms no, of at I least get getting way, rid of the racist, either way. That would work. Either way, it's a bad choice. Maybe the racist aspect of it, but not necessarily the um, like the situation that I was in. Yeah. This particular guy, this homeless guy, was technically a paying customer. Oh. He had found a paper cup, a Starbucks cup, in a trash can, and he would bring it in and use it for refills. So he would go out every day and a get customer. a new cup. So he would pay ten but cents. Then they have to stop but, that policy too. You can also you can also throw anybody out for just being disruptive. And he you was can not disrupt No, no, you but, can argue using the bathroom for ten minutes and bathing in and of itself is a disrupt a yeah. disruptive move. You're out of here. I think that would have flowed. I really do. Hey, the uh, Federal Communications Commission has levied the biggest fine in history against a robocaller. 
$120 million against one guy, Adrian Abramovich. I remember this guy. He is from Florida, and he was making almost 100 million robocalls in three months. He got hauled in front of the Senate to testify about it, and he took the fifth, of course, yeah. in so front of them. He's fined $120 million. Does he even have $120 million? Probably not. So it's going to be, okay, it's a fine that, uh, thank you, it just looks good. Uh, and I love, I love his defense. And his defense is that he didn't mean to cause harm or wrongfully obtain anything of value, and no one was really injured. On my third RoboCop at night, if my kids are anywhere near me, I start hitting them. I get so frustrated. I'll just slap them upside the head. Get out of here. I can't take these robocalls anymore. And we pick up uh, phone calls. I mean, that's we're just one of those people. I have my mother who is... Is this on the landline they're coming in or on uh, your cell phone? Well, they come in on our private line. That's a landline. That's a landline. Okay. Do you have caller ID? uh, We do have caller ID, but it's a local number because of the spoofing that goes on. Right. And we don't know if it's my brother with his family. We don't know if someone's calling about my mother. We just... So we always answer phone calls. Uh. And it's it's brutal. So anyway. Now, this is a pain in the butt, but you can go to the Do Not Call Registry. That doesn't doesn't do anything. But the only thing is now, there is a place where... I hadn't seen this before, but you can take... You can register the numbers that keep violating you. Granted, for me, I'd be doing it six times a day. Right, that's yeah. it. Who's going to do that? them out over and over Yeah, and over. it's crazy. So very, I, I There's nothing it... you can do except if you can track one of these guys down, yeah. I guess we could tar and Right, and, and, and if you get caught, death penalty. That's that, true. Make, that the penalty. Make, probably... the, make the criminal penalty so onerous that, that they, 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 they don't want to try twice. They think twice about doing it. Oh, it's my favorite story of the morning. The stalker arrested in the bathtub of a man she dated just once in Arizona is speaking out from jail. The reason this is so classic is because she and this guy, they go out on one date. All of a sudden, she's in love. And she sends him 65,000 text messages, not to mention she parks outside his house. She's got a butcher knife in the car. But here she is from jail. You ready for this? Here's her defense. If you just give and you don't stop giving, even if you don't receive, you all of a sudden receive a lot. I felt like I met my soulmate and everything was just the way it was. And I thought we would just do what everybody else did. And we would just like get married and everything would be fine. So wait, they went on one date Mm -hmm. and she met her soulmate? Yeah. Yeah, A year ago? There you go again. One-sided stories. I know. How (gasps) dare I? Wait, what's her side of it? Well, she's in love. She texted him, don't ever try to leave me. I'll kill you. I don't want to be a murderer. And then later, I hope you die, you rotten, filthy Jew. I'm like the new Hitler. Man was a genius. I date her. I'd wear your I'd wear your fascia and the top of your skull and your hands and feet. So she is This is she, a horror movie. So she'd say she would start wearing yarmulkes. What? Oh. Top of her skull. Okay. Uh you know what? Okay, never mind. I want to take that back. So uh, the problem nothing's gonna happen to her because she's a, a fruitcake. So she's going to end up in a mental institution. Well, at least she's on the radar. Yeah. Did you see, too, the reporter who asked her specifically, he said, are you crazy? And she says, no, I'm the person that discovered love. Okay. Wow. All right. Hey, speaking of love, uh, in Delaware, the first state, you can now no longer marry a child. Ooh, child. How about that? And it makes sense. I mean, child being under the age under of 18. 18. Yeah, you're not going to marry Most a six-year-old. Most states have a way that you can if waive you're it. 16 or 17, either the parents can give permission or you can go to a judge. 
Delaware said never yeah. again. Well, if you think about this, and the, the judge is right, and that is uh, you can't sign a contract under 18. Uh, you can't smoke under 18. You can't drink under 18 in some states or 21. You can't be legally liable for virtually everything under 18, some criminal acts. Why would you be able to get married? Because you can't get out of the marriage legally. That's one of the things they're talking about, what you just said. You can get married, but you can't file for a divorce. Oh, that's right. You can't. So you're trapped. That's right. Good point. All right. Well, no more. Well, there's an EpiPen shortage, and here's what you need to know. Stay away from bees. I thought there would be EpiPen shortage music. So there have been at least... 400 people over the last couple of weeks who said that they can't get their EpiPen. And so now Mylan is releasing a statement saying that there might be spot shortages, but the product is available and Mylan is currently receiving continual supply from its manufacturing partner, Meridian. Now, yesterday, I also heard that if you contact Meridian, they can help get it to you directly. And there are apparently generic pens out there that you can get from several different manufacturers. Well, that's good because at one point it was only uh, it was basically Mylan and one other company. Uh, they had the monopoly because these other generic companies had all kinds of manufacturing problems. And there was a period of time, and uh, the EpiPens from Mylan were four hundred dollars oh, yeah. for uh, a two of them. Yeah, you know that double pack, that Costco two pack. And it was uh, it was crazy. Mylan took advantage of that, and hopefully now it brings it back. Because it costs nothing to make epinephrine. Nothing. It's pennies per pen. And they were charging uh, a couple of hundred bucks per pen. It was just, it was horrific. Do you want to recap our top story real fast before we get up? Absolutely. Police in Palmdale have detained one person after people called to report someone with a gun at the high school. 911 callers reported a possible shooting this morning at Highland High. That was put on lockdown. ATF says it is responding to the high school. The Sheriff's Department has also cleared an elementary school campus in Palmdale. Police had called about hearing shots near Manzanita Elementary, but police say they didn't immediately find any evidence of that crime. All right. So. so that's recovering this morning. Got a lot going on, as usual. All right, coming up, we're going to go into politics a little bit. John Thomas is joining us, uh, his guide to politics. Of course, we have Korea to talk about. We have polls to talk about. Uh, the Democrats' uh, huge numbers gain have disappeared for the midterms. And also Foodie Friday coming up at 930. I'm going to talk to Neil and ask him a question of how stupid I was uh, over the weekend. This is KFI AM 640. Time for the Thomas Guide to All Things Political. John Thomas on The Bill Handel Show. I think it's going to be a very big success. We're not going to be walked into an Iran deal where the negotiator, John Kerry, refused to leave the table. Uh, KFI AM uh, 640 Handel here and uh, good morning. Handel, can I interrupt you? I just got an update, please. Yes, please do. On the uh, two possible shootings that we had at at schools in Palmdale this morning, the first one was reported at Highland High. The Sheriff's Department has just tweeted it has cleared Highland High School. Also this morning, there were multiple shots apparently reported near Manzanita Elementary. That, too, has been cleared. All right. So that's going on. Breaking story, which is kind of nice. It turned out to be a story that could have been horrible and it was not. Also, uh, some of the top stories that we are covering right now, the Golden State Killer has just uh, four counts, uh, additional counts, first-degree murder with special circumstances have been filed. Uh, John Kelly, (laughs) 
Uh, hot water over saying that Trump is embarrassed by the Mueller probe. That's not so much hot water. The one that he's in a little bit of hot water is uh, over saying illegal immigrants don't integrate well because they don't have skills. Can't say that, even if it's true. Uh, but And I have uh, personal knowledge of that uh, and have examples. But let's move on to um, John Thomas, the Thomas Guide on all social media. And we were just talking about a campaign. Are we allowed to talk about the campaign that you are in? Oh, Jesus. Bill. Oh, Christ. It's keep free on... freaking movie Friday, That's okay, right. with That's... Adam Tickets. God, it drives me it's crazy. It's back. I know. Of course They're giving you a chance to win free movie tickets, Bill. So I would, if I were you, I yeah. would text them right now. I'll do it right now. Text the word reporter to Adam1. That's A-T-O-M-1 for your chance to win. Standard data and text messaging rates apply. Bill, how do you forget that? Uh, that's easy. I just... I'm paying your bills. I know, right you now. are. Yeah, you so, are. Okay. You're welcome. Uh, now, uh, the event... The, can we talk about your, uh, particular campaign? Would you rather not? What's going on right sure. now? Sure. Ha- okay. To. Uh, you're hearing ads on KFI, uh, that are anti-Sean Nelson, uh, ads. And this is a seat that is replacing a retiring Republican uh, representative, Ed Royce. Seven, 17 candidates on the ballot. And, John, you are running the campaign of Sean Nelson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were talking about how wildly successful it is, it is and will be. <laughs> so let's talk about what's going on. Because there's inside baseball that people should know what makes a campaign work and doesn't work. Well, there, there is. And, and so what's just happened is the, the Democratic National Party, it's called the, the Democratic Congressional Committee. It has a little acronym for it. Um, made its first spend of the cycle uh, in, in in a primary, and that was in this race in Orange County, um, which is really uh, remarkable. And they didn't even spend it to help a Democrat. They didn't go positive on a Democrat. They went negative on a Republican in a primary. And why? It's because those the Orange County seats, the Democratic Party understands, will likely determine the fate of the House. If, they, if the Rep- Democrats can flip either the former ISIS seat or the Royce seat, that probably is their math. That means they've got they got to pick up a lot of other seats, but they're assuming they will. But even if they pick up the other seats and not these Orange County seats, there's still probably no path for them. So they decided, look, we're going to go negative on the guy that we don't want to run against in a general because if we drown him out with negative, with more money than his campaign even has, that we can define this guy before he's defined himself and – then we have a clearer path at winning this seat in November. So uh, we talked about this before, that money is everything. Uh, Mm -hmm. You and I have often talked about when we talk about a campaign, what is the weakness of any campaign that you're running? And you always start with the fear that not enough money is going to be raised. That's number one, two, and three in importance. It it is because money allows you to tell your story. uh, And sometimes you have to do multiple things. You have to tell the broad story about who your candidate is. Maybe you have to uh, tell a story about your opponent and bonk them down a couple points. And if when you have less than optimal resources, you can't do it all. Also, when you have more money, it's it's interesting. You know, um, this was a sprint of a race. Uh, nobody saw that Ed Royce was going to re- retire, so the candidate didn't have a lot of time to raise money. It was a difficult, uh, short few months to put together. Quite frankly. You know, better side of a million bucks, which is which is hard to do. Uh, if you the more money you have, it also protects you from attack. So, for instance, the fact that the DCCC is spending against Sean Nelson, by the way, they're attacking him. The ads are attacking him on taking a pension. 
What's interesting about that is um, he actually ran and is known, highly regarded. He worked with John and Ken on uh, back in uh, the early 2000s on reforming the pension system. Like, but it doesn't matter. But does it, it doesn't matter because that's the Democrats. That's the Democrats' story, right. and they're the loud talker. And that's the concern here. Here's what's kind of interesting, though, about this particular hit. Um, there are uh, good hits and weak hits. This is kind of a, I'd call it a black hit. We're not thrilled about it, of course. <laughs> we would rather they be saying good, positive things. But it's a black hit because they talk about the pension stuff, which is getting mixed reactions from what we're hearing. But then they go all in on the fact that, Nelson took a government-funded Prius, saying he's a big spender, and and they have him in a they have a TV ad going too, where he's driving around in this cartoon Prius, and we're all kicking ourselves, going, a Prius, he's fuel efficient. Like yeah. when is that opulent? So I guess the point is, we're not entirely sure that the attack will in fact resonate. Some in a campaign, and it's, this isn't one of them, but in a campaign where you've got full budget, lots of money, in a moment like this, what you would do you would go up on the air with a response ad saying, which is true, which is Nancy Pelosi does not want Sean Nelson to be in Congress. And we would turn that attack around and Republicans would say, I get it. OK. And then so every time they see that negative ad, it would actually serve as a positive in this campaign because we're so under, we're underfunded and we're being drowned out. So you can't refuse. We don't have that ability. Yeah. And there it is. Money is everything you can. If you have enough money, effectively what you're saying, you can get almost any message out, take the most modest negative uh, that you can and blow that up and uh, that's the story. Yeah, there there's there are ways to there are always ways to answer it. Um but it it's it's tough when you're getting drowned out. It doesn't mean Here's the thing though, in a primary electorate, Nelson has still gotten out a lot of communication saying he's the real conservative. So the electorate may still get it and this attack may not be strong enough to pull him down. All right. Uh, for your sake, I hope that's the case. Yeah, I do. We'll also yeah. not play the anti-Nelson ad uh, <laughs> to demonstrate it now during the segment. <laughs> they can pay for it. Yeah, okay? Good, okay, They can just pay for it. All right, we're going to come back and uh, move over to a little bit of Trump news. And, well, really, there's all, there's all kinds of that. And uh, also your chance. All right, KFI handle here as uh, we finish our segment with John Thomas, and here's your chance to win some cash. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. The winner's notified with a phone call, which you must answer like Lupe in Victorville did. Your next chance to win $1,000 coming up next hour. All right, back we go. John Thomas, uh, the Thomas Guide to Politics uh, all over the Internet. All right, we this we've talked about, and that is literally three weeks ago, the midterms, uh, the Democrats were going to wipe out the Republicans in the midterms, maybe a month ago. That's turned around completely, hasn't it? it it's remarkable, Bill. The generic ballot, which is really the best thing we have as a so, sort of bellwether, meaning you know, we ask the question of, would you vote for a Democrat, generic Democrat, or generic Republican? The wins just a few weeks ago were Democrats had a nearly 14-point advantage, okay? That is, that's those are heavy wins in the direction of Democrats. CNN put out a poll this week. Now, CNN, right? So it's not it's not exactly a, a Fox News situation. Uh, 
saying Democrats only have a three-point advantage. And that's that, within, that the is within the margin. The margin plus or minus four. Uh, so what that what that means is, first of all, it's a complete jump ball. Secondly, um, you polling is important to look at trend lines. Okay, so it's not just where we are today; it's the direction things are moving. So the other question CNN asked was, uh, "Do you care?" Who controls the House? And over 50 percent of people said it makes no difference. Uh, They just kind of discussed it with them all, to be honest. Uh, And so what that what that means is when you when you look at the underlying numbers, um, CNN did actually an excellent job at testing not just Trump's approval, which is still underwater. uh, But he tested all of the does Trump deserve credit for the economy. Trump's above 50 percent. Where's Trump on foreign policy? He's above 50 percent. Um, are, do you feel um, the right track, wrong track question? Are, are, is the country um, on, on the right track or wrong track? I think it was almost at 40 percent. And then CNN compared those underlying numbers to other wave elections where the House has changed hands. And on average, all of those underlying numbers are 10 to 20 points higher than when the House changed hands. So the question is, and no one can answer this yet, because, of course, we, we don't know what the defining issue is going to be in November yet. It could who knows? But the, the question is, are our voters so upset with Trump because he's personally underwater, his personal that the Democrats can make this election about Donald Trump and a check on Trump and just lock onto his un- disapproval numbers? Or can the Republicans focus Americans on all those under other underlying numbers to say, hey, you're better off yeah. than you were? But still, we're a lifetime away, lifetime no away. Way. But now, it's still are, exciting are, because. It's a jump ball right now. Sure. I mean, I love it. Now, in terms of timing, uh, with the primaries that are coming up in three and a half weeks, is that pretty well set already, or can things change pretty dramatically in three weeks? Normally, I would say things are locked in. With Trump, he can so change the conversation on just a freaking one news cycle. I can't say it's definitively locked in, but I would say that most— it's the issue that voters are going to be thinking about going to the ballot box is not necessarily locked in, which is unusual. The state of play of most of these races is pretty well locked in because they're relatively low information contests in this California primary. So for so on the governor's race, it's probably pretty well pretty well cooked. A lot of these congressionals, the momentum's there or it's not. So, you can't really do an about. So face. the leaders are going to probably stay the leaders. Correct. Okay, so that part is pretty well set. Mm-hmm. And uh, is Antonio Villaraigosa going to be making the uh, the general? I haven't seen internal polling, but the public polling I have seen shows that he's probably not going to make it. That's good. Uh, what's, Everybody what's, hates him. But what's, you know, even bus riders hate him. Oh, the, they never see him on a bus unless they're doing a commercial. The dynamics are fascinating in that race because you saw last week Gavin Newsom, who's been the front runner, he'll go to a runoff no matter what. Started attacking his TV commercials, John Cox. Uh, attacking. What he was doing was lifting John Cox up because Gavin Newsom is so revolting to most Republicans that whatever Gavin thinks is good, Republicans know is bad. So it was essentially an independent expenditure for Cox by making him the Republican. Antonio Viragosa, on the other hand, all of his IEs that are lifting Antonio up, but the numbers aren't moving. That he's stuck at 7% in most public polling. And so what are they doing? They're trying to lift up John Cox's opponent, Travis Allen. So the Antonio people are going positive on Allen to lift him up. It's, it's, it's complicated chess, but I think at the end of the day, it's too cute by half. I think it's pretty well cooked. 
it does look like there's going to be a Republican in the runoff. All right. This is great stuff. I absolutely love this. All right, John. Thank you. We'll talk again. Well, probably we'll talk again by phone during the week. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then you're here every Friday. All right. John Thanks. Thomas. Thank you. The Thomas Guide uh, on all things politics. By the way, can you tell Robin to get a new mic stand? I've yeah, broken I this thing three no, times. Yeah, actually, the... Wayne, Wayne broke it a few times, too. So it's just uh, it's budgetary. <laughs> you know, why do we need microphones here? Right. Coming up, Foodie Friday with Neil Saavedra. And uh, he's going to tell me how stupid I am. And uh, I'll explain why. Coming right up, which he does all the way time anyway. I'm starving. Food. Glorious food. Do you know how to cook? Or do you just know how to put trash in the oven and then put it on a plate? It's Foodie Friday with Neil Saavedra on The Bill Handel Show. All right. KFI Handel here. It's Friday as we end the week. Uh, before we do that, though, uh, please donate to help the American Red Cross Initiative to get prepared California. For your $400 donation, you and a guest can enjoy cocktails and appetizers with the entire KFI host team and crew, plus unlimited sky slide rides during an exclusive evening at the beautiful OUE Skyscape in downtown L.A. You have to be 21 years or older to attend. 100% of the proceeds will benefit the American Red Cross. Get prepared. California campaign. Limited tickets for details. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is mixer. All right. Uh, Neil Sabedra. Well, the big stories we're going to cover, by the way, is what's going on uh, uh, right now. The shooting basically is over uh, in Palmdale. Neil, you just discovered uh, our microphone, which isn't working so well. We're having problems with that all morning long. It's falling apart. There you go. Keep it behind the scenes, handsome. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's your. It's why don't you use uh, this other mic? You can use Alex's mic. All right. Uh, now, uh, I was just telling you during the break, uh, and this is how crazy I've become. My daughter Pamela is a huge foodie, as you know. She went to culinary school, and uh, she talks food with you all the time. And she's very close to Bruno at uh, the Anaheim White House. So all things food, just like you, Neil. So for her birthday, we're going to the French Laundry. Wow! In Yontville. Uh, uh, Holy smokes! Yeah, it's crazy. I had no idea. You know, my birthday's in July. Yeah, you're not going. I was stunned. It's the only restaurant in the country where you have to pay way up front. I mean, months up front yeah. when you make the reservation. And, Michelin stars will do that. And if you get sick, and you have to cancel, too bad. They yeah. just keep the money. They just keep the money. Yeah. Well. And take her to McDonald's. That's true. We do that a lot, too. All right. Now, a uh, story. That's uh, awesome. Wait, when are you going, though? When I don't know. I had to give them eight dates. Uh, they have to call me back. Uh, excellent. Excellent. And that's, and that's why we have to work backwards from there. All right. Now, you did this story, and uh, uh, certainly uh, Tim Conway Jr. did the delivery of... Uh, the New York pizza delivered via JetBlue. As did I. Uh, yeah. I it, had one last night. How, you know, it looked terrible. No, it actually is very good. It's a, it, uh, as one of the listeners pointed out, it looks like a sparse pizza. New York pizza can be kind of sparse. It's, very, it's often uh, thin crust, and it is really a balance between uh, the cheese and the sauce and the toppings, and it's limited. But the purity of it is part of its charm. The chew of the crust is excellent, and it's got a nice little uh, char or what they call leoparding on the bottom because it's uh, in a uh, fire oven, a wood oven, and it's just beautiful. It really was a, a – listen, we've got great pizzas here in L.A. 
We do. We have wonderful pizzas. You don't need to order a pizza from New York. New York. And how, However, by the way, how do they hold up uh, warm-wise? Uh, it came, it came, it, you would make, have no knowledge of any difference than if you were to have ordered a pizza from the place down the street. How do they do that? My guess is it's either par-cooked there, partially cooked in New York, and finished cooked here in a kitchen. Because mine arrived... So for those of you who don't know, you've got JetBlue doing pie-in-the-sky uh, pizza delivery. They're delivering pizzas from Harlem, from Patsy's, one of my favorite places in New York, actually. Yeah, uh, this, is a, this is clearly a promotion. Yeah. It's not going to be happening on no. a regular basis. 350 pies a night for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You have to get in early. They start the orders at 12 a.m. each day. And it was pretty easy. I went on the website, just ordered. It was $15. No tip, no taxes. They covered all of that. So it, not only was it cheaper than most pizzas to have delivered, uh, you didn't tip the driver. And it came piping hot. So my guess is that they either partially cooked it, uh, held it uh, under you know 40 degrees or less through the flight. Then it came to a holding kitchen here. In Los Angeles, where it was reheated properly or even finished, maybe the cheeses was added later, these types of things, toppings added later, whatever it was, I couldn't find anything that clarified how it was yeah. done. Who delivered it? Uh, uh, it came in just like any other delivery. A person showed up with the, with the bag, the, the stereotypical pizza bag, bag, pizza bag. And um, just delivered it. They called you. You could track it. They texted me when it landed. They texted me when it got to the kitchen. They texted me when they uh, said within an hour, they said it will be there between this time and this time. The delivery time is between 7 and 10 p.m. I was more curious. It's not like I can't get a good pizza in Los Angeles. We have fantastic pizza in Los Angeles. It was that uh, I was curious about delivery. This is the wave of the future. Of course, you're not going to get something from New York in a day. But delivery is the focus of food right now. And... I was curious as to how they were going to pull this off and if it was going to be like I remembered. And now, was, I can't even imagine the cost to them of doing this has to be astronomical. Well, you think of it this way. The plane's going to go back and forth regardless. Right. Okay, so, so the cost of the plane is yeah, zero. So that's but you have the done. delivery charge. So, there's a del- so it's basically only delivering yeah, to the airport. D- yeah. yeah. And, delivering. There, and, and you're doing 350 pizzas at once, so you're not going 350 <laughs> times. It actually doesn't have that big of a uh, carbon footprint as you'd think. How I've never gotten a pizza that's piping hot delivered ever. Really? Uh, never. Never piping, piping hot. Uh, so I have a lot of great pizza places around me. Even uh, you know I I uh, and they are a sponsor, and I'll disclaim that. But uh, I am a fan of Fresh Brothers, and Fresh Brothers is not close to me, so I have to use a service to have it delivered to my house, and it always gets there piping hot. Everything does. Wow. You okay. I, More and more nowadays, you can get, especially pizzas and, and um, all these things, that delivery is, is coming into its glory right now. And that the old days of getting a wilted salad and, uh, you know, lukewarm fries, they're really, you know, they're figuring it all out. All right. Let's take a break. Come back and uh, a word or two about Mother's Day uh, and everything you don't want to do for mother. Uh, go to a restaurant, cook for her, even see her. Well, that that's how you deal. With I was mothers. with you on the first one. Restaurants can be rough, but seeing her, yeah. Well, it's yeah. You go see my mom. I'll go see yours. Oh, yeah. I'm not even gonna touch that. One. 
Come on, let's make a pizza. Make a pizza with me. There's really nothing to it. KFI handle here on a Friday as we end up the week. Oh, also, I did a, uh, I think it's an Instagram at Bill Handel show of, uh, there I am working out with uh, Naz, my trainer. Oh, God. Oh, the torture. It looked like you were trying to pass a stone. Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. It didn't look like working out. It was working out. It Wayne was... doesn't look that way when he works out. I know. I do. It was, it was terrible. So this is what I do three times a week with her. I go out of my mind. Anyway, it's at Bill Handel's show if you want to see someone ridiculous working out. All right. Neil Saavedra is back. The Fork Report, uh, 2 to 5 o'clock every Saturday. And on social media, at Fork Reporter, and that's every place on social media. And you go to the website, KFIAM640.com, and the keyword is Fork Report. Er. Fork Report. They look at you. Fork Report. It was a big boy. It was, yeah. All right, Mother's Day. And uh, uh, let's talk about what we don't want to do. Go out to restaurants, because you're crazy to do it on Mother's Day. I was just talking to John. Uh, Thomas, what are you doing Mother's Day? Because I'm cooking for my parents. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's the, a great I might be cooking for mine as well. It depends. We have a big family, so getting everybody in one place at one time is often difficult. So if you're not going to a restaurant, what do you, what do, you do for Mother's Day in the world of food? Uh, well, you know what's funny? Is you're, you can have delivery. You can cook. You can put whatever together. I came across something because I was, I've been thinking about delivery services and how insane they are, and I came across an interesting uh article about what mothers get first-time moms or uh you know mothers that have just given birth rather what they order it's becoming more popular you'd think that people that a woman would give birth and she'd be so hungry she'd go downstairs to the crappy commissary at the hospital and just eat more and more they're having delivery brought in and one of the things that i i thought was pretty hilarious that shows up quite a bit is sushi and you know why because pregnant women can't eat sushi. Okay. So there, there's the, a lot of things that they can't eat. Makes sense. So, they, so things like pad thai shows up. French fries is number two. Oh, wow. Like you, you, you push a human out of your parts and you go, bring me some French fries. Hey, one quick question before you go on is restaurants are a no-no. Restaurants are anathema on Mother's Day or Valentine's Day. How about, they're great fun if you find the right place and they're not rushing you through right. and they have how a good about, menu. How about delivery from those restaurants? Sure. Oh, is that, no way. But uh, I mean, does that slow down? Does Mother's Day affect those deliveries where it's going to be an hour and a half? I will tell you that most modern restaurants have reconfigured, truly, genuinely reconfigured their kitchens to deal with the 20% or more rise in delivery. So delivery itself as a whole has risen over 1,500% in the past couple of years. So restaurants are now being designed. There's a pizza place in Echo Park called uh, Cosa Buona. And uh, they, when they designed the restaurant, they designed it knowing that their food was going to be delivered. And that's the mindset of most modern restaurants is they're set. They anticipate delivery so you could have all their great food delivered on Mother's Day. All right, so the takeaway, until delivery is really discovered on those days, Mother's Days, Valentine's Day, Father's Day, when, of course, the restaurant is jammed, until the point where it reaches critical mass, now's a good time to do it. 
Because well, three times from year for three time uh, three years from now, it's going to be just as bad. Yeah, they they're modifying the the whole experience is being modified because people are there's now they're saying that dining at home is the new dining out. People want to be at home. I mean, look at you. You've created your home oh, yeah. to be a place to relax and enjoy yourself. Right? We don't go to restaurants. You have reading anymore. rooms. You have your library. Yeah, we don't go have, to restaurants. Yeah. yeah. So now you bring it in there. Okay. Uh, we're having lunch today, by the way, Neil. Yes, indeed we yes, are. Yes, we do. We, that, we do our lunch once a week. Did you see, Shannon, that the minute you walked in, he waved at me to stop talking? That's correct. No, that's not like, well, like only wave, because— No, like waved me off, yeah. like shut up the blonde. Well, because we have to go No, we have to go to Shannon because we're always running late. Yeah, but she wasn't even at a mic yet. She's I know, not at she a mic yet. So, Shannon, have we ever gone—have have I ever invited you to lunch? E, no. Exactly. Okay, uh, what uh, is on the menu today? Was that your way of saying you do, in fact, like Neil better than me and making him feel better about it? Uh, no, no, okay. it's just that we're, food, Let me ask we're you foodie this buddies. We're both vying for his attention. Yes. Right, we are. <laughs> Please like us. Um, all right. Have you ever gone out with a woman? No. <laughs> Come on, follow me down this road. It's a fun one. Have you ever gone out with a woman who flipped the crazy switch? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What happened? Uh, it was, uh, it was really uncomfortable. It was a lot of, how do I get out of this? What do I do? Uh How do I try to even manipulate the situation? I mean, it was scary. It was genuinely scary when, you know, at first it's okay. She's a little bit weird. She's Mm -hmm. eccentric. And then uh, a few minutes later, it's a little bit worse than that. And then it's genuine fright. Yeah. What did she do that genuinely scared you? Um, I took out a butter knife and tried to stab me in the eye. Okay, no, that'll do it. No, just the way she related, just right. the way she talked, uh, just her eyes. Yeah. It's just, I mean, you can tell when someone's nuts. Yeah, and sometimes it is, it's all in the eyes. Yeah, how about you? Have you, uh, you've had dates with, uh, I'm assuming guys, uh, that that were a little crazy? You know, it's, uh, it's different with it's a guy. It's generally women yeah. that, no, you're that right. flip the crazy switch. You're right, you're right. And because of this woman in Phoenix who uh, broke into her uh, boyfriend, he wasn't really a boyfriend, and broke into his house to take a bath, uh, claimed to be his wife at his workplace, sent 65,000 text messages to him. We've got audio from her about how she is a crazy bitch because it is Crazy Bitch Friday. I love it. And we're going to be taking calls from women about the craziest stuff you've done. Are you hosting the show by yourself? Gary is coming in here in just a few minutes, I understand. Uh, coming up, the Gary and Shannon show. We all have stories, by the way. Oh, of course, we I've all do. I've got a do. story. Oh, I love it. Michelle's love it. got a story. Of course she does. Uh, tomorrow morning, it's Handle on the Law from 6 to 11 o'clock. Have a happy Mother's Day, everybody. Especially if you uh, happen to be, if you hate your mother as much as I hate mine, you'll, no, it's not true. That's a horrible thing to say. Uh <laughs> Oh, come on. I had to end the show on some kind of negative note. This is KFI AM 640.